Hello, good morning. Welcome to Foundation Podcast. Uh, Foundation is daily encouragement for your life through prayer and sharing. And you can catch Foundation on Spotify podcasts, uh, Foundation Daily Encouragement, and also here on YouTube. My name is Sam Sim. I'm a member of Community Church of Seattle and also a student at Gateway Seminary. We want to have a firm foundation in our life. And the word foundation actually comes from Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And let me just read that for you briefly. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus states that those who hear his words and do them are wise builders. They have built their homes on rock solid foundations. The winds howl, the rains come, even a flood comes, but the house stands firm. Those who hear his words but fail to live by them are foolish builders. Amen. Let's lift up a brief prayer. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and minds and spirits today to receive your word and to learn and gain encouragement. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings in your son's precious name. Amen. Have you ever had storms in your life? That's what makes us who we are as people. We confront storms on a daily basis. That's the stuff of life. But have you realized that when you look back, have you had a chance to look back and reflect in retrospect and perhaps see how these storms or these dips or these roadblocks in your life may have perhaps shaped you or even, should I say, developed your character? Many of you may have heard the story of or the, par the parable of Jesus uh, walking on water. I heard this several times in Sunday school, and it actually comes from Matthew 22 through 33. Uh, I'll read that briefly for you. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffered by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked into the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed onto the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Praise be to God. I wanted to capture, if I could, just sort of three main points uh, about this passage. 
some things that may have stood out to you uh, regarding this passage and just to provide a little bit of context. So Peter and the disciples were fishing uh, in the Sea of Galilee. And you'll notice in verse 28, Peter replies to Jesus, and he actually, you'll notice, has the faith to recognize Jesus and takes the initiative to take the first step out of the boat in the first place. So Peter has taken the initiative. He has taken a leap of faith to begin with. Prior to that, in verse 27, Jesus asked him to leave or to step out on the boat. But Peter heeds that call. It's not until verse 29 and the following verse that Peter gets distracted. So he starts to look around. He sees that the storm is coming. There are storm clouds forming. It's turning gray and dark. The rains are coming, the winds, and the boat is starting to get rocked. He's, in the meantime, standing on water. Suddenly, he becomes afraid. afraid. He loses his focus and his eyes on Christ, on Jesus, right at that moment. And right at that moment, he begins to sink. So firstly, I encourage you to stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. The lesson here is that we all have good intentions. We are willing to take a leap of faith. We believe that Christ is there, and we believe that he is our Savior. So therefore, we take a leap of faith, and we trust. We trust. Our intentions are good from the beginning. But then there are times when we get distracted. The storms come in our life. We lose our focus. Worry, anxiety may set in. And then things start to unravel at the seams. Have you ever seen uh, in, in Hollywood and in movies, they portray uh, quicksand? And uh, I did some research on this, and actually, it's extremely difficult to drown in quicksand, to fully submerge in quicksand. Although Hollywood may portray that otherwise, just to make good drama. But in actuality, when you find yourself in quicksand, uh, there's a certain process that you should take uh, in order to keep yourself afloat and prevent yourself from sinking, uh, but also to em uh, eventually uh, emerge from the quicksand. So in a way, there's already a process that's been laid out. This is a three-step process for you to be saved. But what is our natural reaction? I know if it was me, I'm walking along and stepped in the quicksand immediately a knee-jerk reaction is that we begin to panic. 
that actually makes matters worse when you begin to panic because you're moving around, going crazy. Uh, and this actually facilitates <laughs> you sinking more into the quicksand. The process that we should take is, which has already been laid out, is that we should actually move gently rock back and forth, like in this motion, and also lay our backs flat so that we can create a plane for us to be able to float and leverage ourselves on the quicksand. So in the same way, Christ has laid out guidelines or steps for us uh, to take. Much like Peter, he understood these steps. He took that leap of faith in the first place. We have good intentions. We are walking, we're walking along the forest or jungle or wherever it may be, set on our destination. And then suddenly these pitfalls, these traps, these roadblocks happen. In this case, quicksand distractions in our life and we begin to panic. In Proverbs 5, 1 through 2, it says, My son, stay focused. Listen to the wisdom I have gained. Give attention to what I have learned before life. So you may be able to make sensible judgments and speak with knowledge. The advice in Proverbs here is it's giving a warning for distractions in man. And specifically, in this case, in Proverbs 5, out of all the many distractions, this particular one is referring to adultery, among others. We're going to have distractions in our life, in our marriages, in our career, in our studies, in our relationships with our friends, our neighbors, family, family relationships, etc., in all aspects. But let's think about that. At least we recognize that we understand that Jesus has laid out a set path in our lives. And we venture out and we take steps to follow that. The second point here is that although and albeit our good intentions, our faith will falter. That's what makes us who we are as people and the whole reason why Christ had to come down in the form of a human, his son, to make the ultimate sacrifice. because none of us were without sin. So he made the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf out of love. So naturally as humans, our faith is going to falter. Nobody is perfect. We are going to falter. This is why we should look to the Lord even more. So number one, we have established good intentions we receive distractions 
and our faith will falter. Even in my life, um, I've been married uh, with Christine. Uh, this past June was our 25th anniversary. And when I look back on that after 25 years, first of all, I can't believe 25 years went by that fast. It was just a flash. And secondly, I can't believe that we survived for 25 years uh, because I had good intentions, A, and so did she. But my faith faltered. My selfishness, in this case in our marriage, shown through so many times, as well as my anger, my distrust, jealousy, among other things. For those of you who may be married, you may be able to relate, and I empathize with you. But I was right there as well. In the earlier years, we talked about separating so many times. When you're during the, when you're engaged or when you're in the courtship time and period, it's so fun and joyous, and we all have good intentions. But when you're actually starting to take that path or that journey, it becomes a whole different story. Yes, we have good intentions, but we will falter and fail because our personal selfishness and pride comes through. And so over time, first of all, she was extremely, extremely patient. And so I love her dearly for this. We both had to work at it at our marriage. So there will be many times when we'll fall short. We naturally have these shortcomings. And so as a result, we look back and through it all, I learned so much and I learned most of all patience, maturity. I'm not fully mature yet, still have a ways to go there. But in looking back in retrospect, I can see how by staying committed and faithful to each other, that is what Christ asks of us in parallel. It means it, it, it's the same meaning to trust in him always. I trusted in Christine and she trusted in me. And throughout the roadblocks and turmoils in our life, we made it this far and we're stronger. My kids tell me that I'm so much more mature. I don't know what that means exactly, but maybe there's something to that. So our faith will falter. Most importantly, are we going to stay committed and faithful to the Lord? Are we going to have fidelity intact with the Lord? Chronicles 16.11 says, Search for the Lord for his strength. Continually seek him, even though the vision you have come 
has not yet come to pass. Trust that God is working in your favor. Do not lose faith. Rather, look for his light in dark times so that his word and promise may be comfort unto you. There's going to be many, many dark times, and most of us are going to be left wondering what is going on. And many times, even for myself, I've asked numerous times and still do to this day, God, are you there? Why do I not sense your presence? Why do I not feel your presence? I pray and I cry out in the darkness. Sometimes an answer may come from Christ that day or perhaps many years later or perhaps not at all. It's ultimately uh, in his time. But just know, just know that he is there. So when we fumble, when we stumble and when we doubt and we enter the dark times in our life, as Chronicle states, he will be a light for us. Peter, when he stepped out into the boat, the storms came and the winds came and he started to sink. Christ will always be there. He will always be there and we'll see what happens. So it's important to remember that God has provided us with the steps on how we should live our lives as followers and believers of Jesus. Much like there's a set of instructions on how to successfully survive and escape quicksand. At the same time, he's given us the free will to live our lives. If we were robots and everybody was good, and we simply followed Christ and everything was great, there would be no disparity or difference in us for, in order for us to be able to make a discernment of what is right and wrong. How can we understand what it's like to follow Christ if we simply just do exactly what, is, what he says and there's no storms in our life whatsoever and we're simply just robots? We need to be able to learn from experience. I had to learn from experience. I had to look back from being single and then being married, a husband, and then now a father. I had to learn from experience. Much like an athlete, or for those of you who take martial arts, there's a lot of training and a lot of pain blood, sweat, and tears, as they say, that goes into the process before you can progress on with your belts in the case of martial arts, before you can achieve the prize of this coveted black belt. Tremendous amount of time and a tremendous amount of pain, sweat, and tears. But a good instructor will always be there to catch you. A good instructor will always be there to catch you 
provide guidance and also has outlined already the steps that are needed and are necessary to take in order for you to achieve that prize, the black belt, or whatever it is that you may be striving, striving for success in your marriage. We need to turn to the Lord who has already provided us with the steps and the outline for us to be successful. As humans, we will falter. Peter, he got distracted. Anxiety took over him. And he began to sink. It is okay. That's who we are. Anxiety will consume us and overwhelm us. Distractions will consume us and overwhelm us. Problems in our life will consume us and overwhelm us. We will get distracted and we will start to sink. But I'm here to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to keep your eyes on the prize. Just know that Christ is the light in the darkness. He will be there to shine a light for you when the time is right, in his timing. Because we need to think, why does he allow this? We already discussed the aspect of free will. But also, he needs to show us what it is that he wants us to learn through this process. What is it about us as we go through these trials and tribulations, as we're sinking in the quicksand or in the water during the storms? What is it that he wants to reveal to us and to show us? Finally, Christ is the light in the darkness, as it says in Chronicles. Peter walked out, stepped out of the boat. We have good intentions. We venture out. We get distracted from the storms that occur, and anxiety begins to, and worry and fear begin to consume us and overwhelm us. All the while, Christ is standing there as a beacon of light. Christ is standing there with his hands and his arms outstretched and reaching out for us to grab us when we're right at that moment in his time, perfect timing, when we've realized what it is that he wants to show to us, to reveal to us that he will reach out his hands with outstretched arms to embrace us and prevent us from eventually sinking into the quicksand or into the seas of Galilee. Let's take a step back and think about the Peter situation. So he is just going about his day as a fisherman in the fishing boat. And they actually found, uh, they call it the Jesus boat. Uh, a fishing boat that uh, they used in the first century in the Sea of Galilee. And this thing was not very huge, and it wasn't covered. It uh, looks like a canoe. In a way, it's a little bit wider. It's made of cedar wood. And it really just had one sail. So when the storms come, 
in the Sea of Galilee, which they frequently do, even today in modern times, there's not much that you can fishermen can do uh, in terms of uh, being protected. Again, there's one sail. It's not a covered boat. Not too big. When the storms came, it's very, very scary because uh, the likelihood that they could be capsized and then eventually drown, potentially, God forbid, was very, very, very high. And so you can imagine, given that situation and that scenario, the Peter and the fishermen's apprehension and fear at that moment. Can we relate to that? Can we relate to that? Our situations in life can get so dire that we see absolutely no hope. I don't have much of a support structure. It's just a small fishing boat. And these storms are coming in my life and I have absolutely no way to escape out of this. I'm in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. The, the clouds are getting gray and it's getting dark and the winds are coming. Surely we will be capsized. I will be capsized. And surely I may drown. Situations can be this dire. I, I know and understand. But please know that Jesus in his perfect timing, as Peter realized when anxiety consumed him and he began to sink, at that moment, he turned his eyes back to the Lord because Christ wants us to realize that in our most dire moments, in our most dire storms, and situations in our life that may seem inescapable, I'm on the brink of drowning. There is no hope. The skies are gray. I'm depressed. I'm filled with anxiety. What do we do at that moment? What did Peter do? We lift up our arms. We lift up our arms and we cry. We cry for help. Christ wants us to give our full surrender and our full abidance and obedience to him. It is in that moment when we are at our most rudimentary level that innately we find that I have nothing left. I have nothing else to do but to lift my hands in hope. <laughs> Jesus, save me. Save me. I have nothing left. Christ wants our obedience. He wants us to realize that we need to put our place our full abidance, obedience, and trust. Christ wants us to 
place our full trust in him. Right at that moment when Peter was drowning, his arm was outstretched in the water, grasping as he was drowning, Lord, help me, help me. I believe, I believe that you are the son of God and that your intention was not for me to drown, but you wanted to see my trust in you wholeheartedly. Right at that moment when, che- when Peter admitted Christ calmed the storm. With a word, he immediately calmed the storm. Brothers and sisters, Christ asks us for our trust. We simply need to just trust him and abide in him. Because not only does he require this of us, but that is in who, in essence, who we are as people. When we are at our most dire moment, we have nothing else left to do but to throw up our arms and to ask our Jesus for help. And he will be there to calm the storms for you. That is the key point here. We have good intentions and it's okay to get distracted. We will get distracted by the winds, by the rains, by the clouds, we will get distracted. But ultimately, ultimately, place your trust in Jesus. Believe that he will deliver you. Believe that he will heal you. Believe that he will mend your relationships with your family, your family, your coworkers, your friends. Believe that he will be there to grab you out of the murky waters, the storm waters, and the quicksand. He will rescue you at that right moment. We just need to trust and believe. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him, and keep his, keep his commandments for a thousand generations. So he promises Israel in Deuteronomy and his church that he will bless the nations and Israel for generations and generations to come. All he requests of us and all he wants to see of, from us is our complete and absolute trust in him and assurance that Christ will be there with outstretched arms to save us. He will be a light for us through the dark times. And that as followers and as people, as human beings, it's okay, it's okay. And we will go through even more pain bad times, misfortune. I ask you, brothers and sisters, to turn to the Lord. He is there for you. Trust in him. He is there for you, walking beside you every day. And he wants to see your faith, your trust, and your abidance in him. And he will be there 
to calm the storms in your life and save you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for being there for us and for showing us and guiding us with your plan and your steps in terms of how to follow you and to love you. And yes, as humans, we will doubt. Uh, we will go through many storms in our life, trials, tribulations, whatever they may be, Lord, divorce, financial issues, bankruptcies, broken relationships with friends and families, whatever the situations may be, Lord, that at the end of it and through it all, that we lift up our hands and turn to you, asking for your help because we cannot save ourselves. We are drowning. We cannot save ourselves, Lord. Only you can save us. Lord, we pray and ask that you give us this faith and thank you for being there, uh, being there for us and being there to save us in our most dire moments when we need it. We thank you and praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining. Um, I hope you have a great evening. God bless. Bye-bye.